Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. Obviously, there's a bullseye on every one of us, but there's, there's a huge bullseye on the pastors of, of the churches because the devil, if he comes in and, and smites him, that's a huge thing. It could scatter a lot of sheep. So many times there's a, a whispering against, and it's, the enemy's just whispering, so did you hear that? Or, you know, just crazy things. I know when I was back in Michigan and, and serving there, you know, many different times, you, you know, my brother-in-law, there'd be like, misunder- I would misunderstand something, and I would be like, oh, yeah, so he's doing that. And I found that the best thing to do is just go to him and just communicate. It's like, and I was convinced sometimes that, wow, this is just, what, what is he doing that for? And it's like, and then come to find out just with simple communication, it's like, that's not even close. And I, I realized at an early age of a, being a baby Christian that, wow. The enemy hates this guy. But there'll be those that'll speak, you know, they'll reject authority, they'll speak evil against dignitaries. And we need to guard over that. So it's a, it's a warning again. Look at verse 9 again. It says, yet, this is fascinating, yet Michael the archangel, do you notice the archangel? It doesn't say, you know, it's, it doesn't say an archangel, one of them. He's the archangel. I love that, just thinking about, here's Michael, he is the archangel. And here, when he contended in contending with the devil, notice the devil, not a devil. And these two guys, I, just reading this, just, I don't know, I'm a guy that I like, you know, I used to like, you know, war movies and battles, and I, I love going through, you know, first and second kings and, you know, talking, you know, reading about David and, and, you know, all these type of things with battles and wars. I, I just, I don't know, I, I like that kind of stuff. But it's like... If the devil has a counterpart, some think, oh, God's the, you know, his opposite. God's not the opposite of the devil. It's not even, you know, some people put him on that, that level. They're like, here's the devil, here's God. You know, there's the battle right here, and, you know, good and evil. And this is, it's not like that. Most of you know this, but to let you know, wait a second, God created all things. He's just one of his creations. There's no compare, there's no battle, there's nothing. There is one, and I believe right there you, you have Michael, the archangel. And if there is, it, it seems as those two are like somewhat, if you read through different scriptures, they're there, they're like, they're, they're, they're like you know, those two are constantly, they're, 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 they're battling together. They're like kind of on the e- even playing field. You know, Satan used to be a, a, an anointed cherub, and so there's, there's something going on. I can't wait. I don't know about you guys, but wait, we're gonna, one day we're going to just come in the presence of the Lord, and we're going to see these guys. And it tells us we're going to see the devil. We're going to be like, is that it? Is that it? <laughs> and we don't know. We're going to see, you know, Michael, the archangel. We're just going to, what do these, these angelic beings look like? We don't even know. We have some description of the cherubim and the, you know, some, just the wheels and all that and the, and the wings and, and all, the, you know, the different faces and fascinating. I think we're going to be in awe. 
I mean, is there an adjustment? The Bible doesn't, the Bible doesn't teach us, but you'd think there'd be like an adjustment period, you know, looking at all these, you know, different creatures like, whoa, that's going to take some time to get used, used to, you know, looking at these guys. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Reviling accusation means he didn't have evil accusations. He wasn't there accusing him. You devil, you're a liar, you're a fake, you're a phony. You're the father of lies, you're the this, you're the that. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. Good thing to do when we're contending with the devil. Let the Lord fight. The Lord rebuke you. We don't have to fight. We don't have to get in there. If Michael the archangel said, the Lord rebuke you, and he's up there in rank, how much more we need to say? <laughs> I mean, you get some people, you see some people, you know, I stomp you devil, and here you're... <laughs> I had one guy visited our church once, and he wanted to speak at the church. He said, well, well, you know, give me a, do you have anything? So I got a DVD, and, and he gives me one of his DVDs, and, he's, and he was on the stage. He said, I stomp you, devil, I stomp you. He was, I mean, and he had the whole congregation. Let's stomp the devil, and the whole congregation, they got him on camera. They're all stomping the devil, and they're all jumping around, stomping on the devil. And he called me up. He says, well, what do you think? I said, well, our theology is a little different. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Lord rebuke you. But the point is that, again, you don't hear Michael making accusations, speaking evil. We need to guard over that in the church. Lord, help us to guard over this in the church. Rejecting authority, submission to authority. It's, our flesh doesn't even like hearing that. My flesh doesn't like hearing submitting to authority. We, you know, the flesh life, the, the old nature doesn't like hearing that word submission. I, I remember once I watched a, a wedding ceremony and all. Just before I did my first one, I just wanted to see, you know, one done and all. And so I watched a DVD and um, they did their vows. They, they wrote out their own vows. It was so sweet, you know, and the, the man, you know, he did all his and he started and he was like going on and on and, you know, one after another, just how much he loved her and why and all this is so beautiful. And, and then she started and she, you know, she started speaking a little bit and she says, and then I, I promise to, 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 I'm not kidding you. She was just looking at her piece of paper and I, and I promise. And it must have been, it seemed like forever, like five minutes, she's just staring at her page. And I'm like, what is she doing? Is she stage fright? It wasn't that at all. And she goes, to submit to you. And it was like it's a bad word or something. It's, it was like it's the S word. It's like a bad word. Don't say that word. But that's not what it is. But our flesh, it's like the, the word submission in, in the flesh. It's like, no, 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 I, I, don't, I don't like that. When I'm in the Spirit, when I'm walking with the Lord, I have no problem submitting to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Never, never. And when the Lord puts people over us in work and in ministry, he desires that we submit unto them. And we submit unto them as we do unto the Lord. And I find that what you do is you pray for them. If they're not making right decisions, you pray. Because if the Lord's put you over someone, or excuse me, the Lord has someone over you, I hope and trust that you believe that the Lord speaks to that person. 
And it's a wonderful thing because the Lord honors it. And when you do, and even when they mess up and you do, it, you do something and, and, and you say, Lord, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand this. But you know what, Lord? They're over me. You placed them there. And, and I'm just going to do as, as, as they're asking me to do. But Lord, if they're wrong, speak to them. And, and every time I've been in that kind of a struggling type of a situation, the Lord's always blessed me with that. And he says, Joe, thank you. You're doing this unto me. Thank you that you're, and that's what true submission is. I know you don't want to do that. I know that you're not even, you you don't have, you don't want to even think about doing that, but you're going to do it because you believe you're doing it unto me as you're doing it unto them, and I'm going to bless you for that. And that's what he does. Sometimes you don't see it right away, but when you do see it, it's like, wow. And and it's a wonderful thing, and there's going to be those that will come into the church that will resist authority. They'll say, I wouldn't listen to that. You say, that's right, I wouldn't listen to that either. You don't have to put up with that. I don't have to put up with that. And your pride loves that. The flesh loves that. (laughs) He he shouldn't talk to you like that. He shouldn't talk to you like that. And it's a warning. I remember, again, another serving at Calvary. I learned so much there. Being an assistant pastor there, I loved the ministries. I, I was teaching Bible studies at two different nursing homes and doing the newly married couples fellowship, counseling, doing weddings, doing funerals. It was just like counseling, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. It was wonderful. And I remember I was called into the office of the pastor that was over me and, and just out of the blue, he says, can I talk with you? And I'm like, uh-oh, you know, whenever you get called in the office, it's like, uh-oh, what's, what do I do now? <laughs> I never thought, you know, I'm getting called in for something good. I've always thought, what? Every time, I was like, in the office, uh-oh, what did I do? But I remember he asked me, he says, Joe, you know, I understand you, you've got two nursing homes that you're, you're still going to. I said, yeah, and he goes, how are those going? I said, oh, they're going so good, and people are getting saved, and it's so wonderful, it's a wonderful ministry, and I said, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, good, yeah, all right. And he says, well, do you think he gets someone else to do those? And I said, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I don't know. And, I said, why? And he says, well, you know, we'd like to have you around here a little bit more. So do you mind, you know, just getting somebody else to do it? And I was like, outward, I said, yeah. My mouth said, yeah, I can get someone. Inside, I'm like, I don't want to get nobody else to do it. That's, my, that's the ministries I thought the Lord called me to. But right in that chair, as I was sitting there, I was thinking, Lord, you put this person over me. And, and I, can, I could say this with all sincerity. I'm sitting there looking at it, Lord, you put this person over me, and Obviously, you must be talking with them. You must be speaking with them. Obviously, you have something else that you want to do. And I said, sure, yeah. I walked out there. I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, if they're wrong, speak to them, though. (laughs) (laughs) And quick, I don't want to lose these ministries. But the Lord didn't speak to them, and I closed down the ministries. And I just see the hand of the Lord, though. The Lord opened up other opportunities. The Lord opened up, uh, you know, the teaching here in Sunset Beach. And the Lord just made other ways and did other things. And, and, and that's just the way it is. Hebrews 13, 7, it says, Obey those who rule over you. Be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. They're looking out for your souls. Those that God have, has called over you, they're praying for you. They're looking out for your souls. Check it out. As those who give, a, give account. So the pastors or those leaders, and this is mostly talking about those in spiritual leadership over you, they're going to give an account. They're going to stand before the Lord and give an account. So you can just put it, they're calling you to do something. You're like, okay, Lord, they're going to give an account. Uh, okay. 
But check it out. It says, let them do so with joy and not with grief. In other words, don't, don't be a thorn in their side. Let them do it with joy, not with grief. For that would be unprofitable for you. So if you're making their life miserable, it's not going to be good for you because you're outside of God's will. God doesn't want you to be that way. He doesn't want you to be rejecting those that he's put over you. Let's go back in our text, verse 10. Goes on to talk about, again, those that are creep, creep in the church, but these speak evil of whatever they do not know. They don't know what they're talking about. And whatever they know naturally, so they might know some things naturally. They're like, they're like brute beasts. They're, they're, you know, they're not spiritual. They're not in tune with the things of the Spirit. And these things, they corrupt themselves. Woe to them. They're not good. Woe to them. For they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. Gone in the way of Cain. Remember Cain, he was prideful, he was angry. He went to the Lord on his own. He offered the fruit of the ground. He, he, he didn't offer up his sacrifice with faith. He, I believe he, he went to the Lord on his own grounds, the way he wanted to go. Pride. He was angry with his brother. As you know the story, he killed his brother. So there's going to be those that are coming in the church. We're talking again, all these things, we're talking to people that are, are constantly doing these things, don't, you know, that are, are a lifestyle like this, and it'll be easy to spot them. It's not going to be like, oh, where's these, you know, where are these people? But again, it's a warning for us. But they're prideful, they're angry. Years ago when I was serving at a, a church, there was this person serving. He wasn't in leadership. And I just so happened to walk in after a study, and he was there. He was supposed to be serving, helping out or something. And he was yelling and screaming at this sweet couple. And I looked in his eyes. I looked at his face, and I just saw evil. And I just walked in, and he knew who I was. I'd met him before, and I looked at him, and I had such a, a terrible feeling when I saw him yelling at this couple, and they had their heads down, and he kept yelling at them, screaming at them, and it was bad. And I went to the pastor over that fellowship, and I said, that man's wrong. That man is very wrong. And I said, you know, that's up to you. It's off my hands, but I don't feel right about that guy. And I told him what happened. I said, he was screaming and yelling. I never seen just the look on his face. It was bad, and it was not called for. And I didn't care. I, I felt that I needed to tell this to the leadership. And afterward, shortly after that, someone came to me, and they let him go. They, they told him to step down right away. But afterward, he was on a list of sex offenders on the computer. Someone put him up on the computer and says, look, do you recognize this guy? And I says, yeah, that's the guy right there. But he should have, you know, even as a sex offender, he should have said something. He should have told this. I know for sex offenders, they're to tell the pastor to let him know, no, I'm a sex offender, so you know, you know, keep an eye on me. I'm here, you know, that kind of stuff. But nothing like that. He just snuck in, and all I knew is there's something evil about this man. It was evil. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. But they're angry, they're prideful. So like Korah. Run greedily in the air of Balaam for profit. 
all about money, not ministry. We guard over that as much as we can here at this church where, you know, it's not, it's not about, my, my wife used to, you know, do a skin product for years. And I just said, honey, you know, she was very successful at it. I says, and then she agreed with me. I said, we're not going to tell anyone in the church. We're not going to bring it up at the church, you know, because that's not, I want people to know we're in ministry to minister to you. And the Lord just totally blessed it. And she was just doing, you know, but it was just, you know, ministry <laughs> was too much. But greedily, remember Balaam, you know, he, for profit. Remember he went out to, you know, he was asked by Balak to, to curse the children of Israel. And he said no at first, but then money came up and these fancy guys came out and he said, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe I will go out there. And the Lord says, just say what I tell you to say. So he kind of struck a deal with the Lord. You know the story. He goes out there to supposedly curse the children of Israel. He opens his mouth, and every time he opened his mouth, blessings and blessings and blessings and blessings poured out. Remember the story? King Balak came and said, what are you doing? I'm paying you to curse. What are you blessing these guys for? He said, I can only say what the Lord tells me to do. He was up on the mountain, so he brought him to another mountain. He says, well, maybe from this angle, you're really going to curse them now. He goes, oh, try, see what we can do. Gets up there and just, poof, blesses and blesses and blesses. And he kept doing that. The, the king kept bringing him to different mountains. Every time he poured out blessings on the children of Israel, where God is blessed, no man can curse. But remember what he did? He said, I can't curse them. But they can curse themselves. You get the young ladies to go in camp. You get your young Moabite girls to go in there and entice these guys. And then when they get enticed and when they lie with them, let them introduce the gods to them, the false gods to them. I can't curse them, but they can curse themselves. And he did it for money. We need to guard over that. Money's not evil. It's the, the love of money. It's the pos being possessed with it. Not having possessions, but being possessed by your possessions. You know that. 1 Timothy 6, 9 goes great with that. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptations and a snare, and in many foolish and harmful lusts which draw men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have, some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. So Balaam, for profit, so we need to guard over those things. And then Korah, and this is the last one we'll look at. We're going to partake of communion tonight. So the rebellion of Korah, that's really easy to figure out. He was rebellious. Not that, it, not that I love watching people get destroyed, but number 16. You can turn there if you like. Number 16, we're going to close with this. Korah went to Moses and Aaron, basically, and he says, you know, who made you leaders? Who put you in authority? Basically, they said, we're all holy. You know, we can do it ourselves. We're called. We're, you know, the, the, the priestly line. We don't need you guys. And they were complaining, putting themselves and saying, we don't need you as our leaders. 
And remember in verse 4, it says, Moses heard it and he fell to his face. It's like, what are these guys doing? That's a great leader. And Moses said to Korah, hear now, you son of Levi. Verse 9, it says, is it a small thing to you that God of Israel has separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself? You're a priest. You're allowed to come near to God. You're there as a, in the priestly line to do the work of the tabernacle and stand before the congregation to serve them. In other words, is that a small thing? This is what you're called to do. This is an honor. This is a blessing. What God has called you to do, why do you look at it as such a small thing? And he says, do you now, in verse 10, do you now seek the priesthood also? You want to take my position? Isn't it good enough what God has called you to do? Now you want to do something different that God hasn't called you to do? There, verse 11, he says, therefore, you and all your company are gathered together. Check this out. Against the Lord. They, they think they're coming against Moses and they're coming against Aaron, but he's saying, you're, you're not coming against us. You're coming against the Lord because the Lord appointed this. We're, we're not here because we, we, we just want to be here. God has done this. So you're coming against the Lord. And he says, what is Aaron that you complain against him? It's not Aaron that you're complaining, complaining against. You're complaining against the Lord. And then verse 28, and Moses said, By this you shall know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works, for I have not done them in my own will. If these men die natural like all men, so he's saying, these guys die a natural death, then I'm not called. Or if if they're visited by the common fate of all men, then the Lord has not sent me. So if they're just going to die by natural death, they're going to just, by common fate, you know, something just happens to them out of the ordinary, then, you know, God hasn't sent me. But... If the Lord creates a new thing and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them up with all that belongs to them and they go down alive into the pit, then you will understand that these men, check this out, have rejected the Lord. They're not rejecting. And that's what happens. Rebellion. You're rejecting the Lord. Now it came to pass as he finished speaking all these words that the ground split apart under them And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them up with their households and all the men with Korah, with all their goods. And then verse 35, and a fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who offered incense. So the rebellion. In closing, their will, and I... I'm not giving a, a lecture to, to anybody that, that's here in the church, so don't think I'm giving a lecture to somebody in the church. I'm, I'm teaching the Bible. <laughs> I know the Holy Spirit speaking to me, but there will come. If not today, there will come in the church with this warning. There'll be those that'll be rebellious, that'll be perverse, that'll rebel against authority and do all these type of things, trying to take you away, trying to take me away from the word of God, from fellowship, from communion, and from prayer. And we need to be warned. And not only that, we need to be warned ourselves not to fall in any of these ways, but to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray.
Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Lord, you died for rebellion. You died for perverseness. You died for all the sin. We just give to you. He who knew no sin, you, Jesus, became sin for us. Thank you. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like a copy of this message, need prayer, or wish to contact us, please call 562-592-1800. You can check out our website at ccoth.com. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our service times are Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory. As we come to your throne of mercy, it's the sound of our singing praise. It's the sound of our 